evening. Good evening. Welcome to Making Waves. I have with me this evening Stephanie Coleman, who is the owner operator of Honeybee Postpartum. Welcome, Stephanie. How are Thank you? Thank you for having me. So I'm going to ask you if you could tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get into this? Um, what is your background? All of the good stuff. We want to know who you are. So I am originally from New Jersey. I like to tell people that's why I sound like this. Um, I grew up in New Jersey and um, I also tell people I had the good sense to marry a wonderful man from Henrico, Virginia. And after having our third child, we have four total. After having our third child, we moved to Virginia. Um, We moved to Henrico because we needed more hands on deck. Um, I was a full-time attorney then. I was still trying to live my Claire Huxtable dreams. Um, And my (laughs) husband was very supportive of that. Um, But we needed more help with the kids. And... um, his mother and his sister um, were here, <laughs> are still here. And, um, you know, they were ready and willing to help out and be the village we needed. So we moved. Um, I have loved living here. I'm very happy that we moved. Um, I stopped being an attorney in 2020 and mm-hmm. jumped into um, postpartum doula work kind of a number of years after being introduced to it, we had our daughter in 2017. And um, when we were pregnant with her, we were introduced to this concept of having a postpartum doula. And I was like, well, what is that? And they said, well, you know, we come to the house and we help you after you have the baby. And I was like, what, like an extra spouse or something? <laughs> and um, <laughs> I like that. And the way the woman described it, she was like, well, yeah, I help with the dishes and the laundry and the older kids and you can take a nap if you need to. And my husband, Aaron, and I kind of looked at each other like, who is this fairy that would just come to our house and do this? Um, It sounded amazing to me. Um, Unfortunately for us, it wasn't in the budget. Um, We just couldn't afford to, you know, hire someone to help us out like that. Um, We had a lot of help that we didn't have to pay for, that we were grateful for. But, you know, the concept of paying someone to help us in the home was just out of our reach. So Mm -hmm. fast forward to working as an attorney in year 10 of my attorney career, really not being happy, um, really, you know, wanting to help people, but wanting to help people in a more tangible way than just keeping the insurance costs low. Um, And I attended a online um like a seminar hosted by black mom's blog called the nurseathon it's actually going on um i think in another couple days or another couple weeks in atlanta they're doing it live and in person so i went to the nurse nurseathon you know virtually it was like a whole day conference Mm -hmm. talking about um breastfeeding and postpartum care and pregnancy and how that's different um, for black women and um, for black pregnant people and people of color. And I was just like, okay, so people like me and people who look like me are going through pregnancy with a lot of the things happening to them that happened to me being treated how 
I was treated, feeling the way mm-hmm. I felt. And I have a heart for really wanting to help people when they need it the most. And I'm writing pre-trial reports all day. This doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> right. when the law career ended, it was perfect timing because I took a weekend long training to become a postpartum doula. And mm-hmm. I have not looked back. It was like a really long answer yeah. to your question. <laughs> what I'm doula does is I tell my clients and potential clients that I provide some tangible things and I provide some intangible things. So okay. um, the the easy part to explain is the intangible thing or the tangible things, right? So I come in the house, mm-hmm. um, you've just brought your baby home, um, you and your partner or you by yourself. I've had some clients who um, are single parents. Um, you just brought your child home and for the most part, a number of my clients have never held a baby, never changed a diaper, don't know much about kids, but wanted to embark on this journey for whatever reason, right? But Mm -hmm. I tell people that once you have the baby, you're going to come home either by yourself or with your partner and you're gonna wanna really love on this human. Um, You're going to want to rest, but you still need to eat. The laundry still needs to get done. Um, your floors still need to be swept um, and the dishes still need to get put away. So, so life happens. Uh, life still needs to go on. <laughs> life still needs to go on. You're in love. You just had this really amazing, hopefully positive and supportive birth experience and pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you come home um, and you want to revel in that and get to know this brand new human because there will be a brand new human there. And no, you will not put the baby down to fold the laundry. What are you talking about? The laundry is not going (laughs) anywhere. Like this human will not be two days old past tomorrow. Like, what are you talking about? So um, a postpartum doula comes in to do practical things like that. We will cook. We will do light house cleaning. Um, We will do laundry. Um, I like to tell my clients, if you tell me where it goes, I'll even put away the laundry. Um, we will, um, help remind you of appointments that you wanted to make. It's literally like, um, somebody in your house, just helping you along the way, um, with the things that need to get done in the house. So the intangible things, um, are a little bit more nuanced, you know? So, um, postpartum doulas are also taught about, um, infants specifically for the first three months. So we know the proper way to bathe the baby and to change a diaper, but, you know, um, having someone show you how to change a diaper without judging you mm-hmm. or making fun of you for doing it wrong or not knowing how to do it in the first place, um, that's the intangible part, right? Having someone in your house that's not pointing their finger at you, telling you what to do the right way, but telling you what the experts say, well, the American Academy of Pediatrics says this, well, Leche League says that, and then you mm-hmm. or you and your partner decide, okay, well, we're going to do what Leche League suggests. And that's what we do. I tell people I'm on their team. So one of the intangibles is providing non-judgmental support for the decisions that you make about your child, because we're not there to raise your child for you. We're there to help support you so you feel confident in your parenting decisions. I like to say helping people over the threshold of parenthood because there is a pretty steep threshold sometimes. Um, Some of the other intangibles are um, just being around while you can, you know, prattle on and talk. 
Um, mm-hmm. Before many of us were working from home or many of our spouses were working from home with us, people would have children and then, you know, they would be home alone with the baby. Right. So you go from having a lot of interaction with other adults and having conversations to it's just you and the baby. And there's no one right. to bounce those questions off or those ideas off of or to ask somebody, you know, does this seem weird to you or is that how many poopy diapers she should have? Or <laughs> I don't know, this urine looks a little funny. You have an expert in your house now, your postpartum doula. You could say, hey, does this look funny to you? What do you think about this? Or you could just talk about, you know, the baseball game that you saw the other night and your team won. You can have that interaction with another human and that's also good. Um, right. So those can, that's a little bit of the intangible, yeah. I can... I can only imagine what it's like, like you were saying that, you know, when the baby first comes home, the whole community is there, you know, and then after a while, there's nobody there, but you and this new, this new being, I can only imagine how, um, I don't want to say frightening, but how intimidating that could be, you know, from going from all of this support and then all of a sudden crickets, you know, it's just... It's just you and you and and the new baby, so I could I could definitely see how comforting it will be to have someone in the home, like you said, to say to tell you or to you know to help advise you. No, you know everything that you're thinking, that you're feeling, that you're seeing, that they have support there still. You know, once everybody has disappeared. Yeah, and a lot of it too is validation because. What your postpartum doula won't do is tell you, okay, well, it looks like your baby has a rash. You should put, you you know, you should put this medicated ointment on it. Or um, mm-hmm. that looks like it could be a problem. I think your baby has such and such diagnosis. We don't do that. Um, right. But when you say, you know what, this baby acne isn't really going away. And I've tried two things and I just... Mm, I think I want to call the pediatrician. What do you think, Steph? I say, well, if you want to call the pediatrician, call the pediatrician. That's what they're there for. You are not bothering them. Um, Sometimes people just need that other voice to tell them, like, no, what you're feeling is valid. You're not going to be, even if someone thinks you're a silly first-time parent, so what? This is your baby, Mm -hmm. not theirs. Make the phone calls that you have to make in order to feel comfortable. Um, I say that a lot of times, like, well, what do you want to do? How do you feel comfortable? Do you want the baby monitor up? Do you want me to, you know, tickle his foot every now and then to make sure everything's <laughs> okay? Like, what what do you feel comfortable with? And we run with that. Um, right. I think a lot of people come to parenthood remembering their experiences of being a child and growing mm-hmm. up and um, having a child, I think, raises a lot of that. And you start to think about um okay, well, I felt like this when I was a kid. How do I parent so that my kid doesn't feel like this? And you can put a lot of pressure on yourself to do the right thing all the time because we're striving for perfection. But um, the reality is, is that you're a human being who will make mistakes and will do really great things when you're not making mistakes. But you just have to be gentle with yourself and, um, I guess, confident in the decisions that you make. And a postpartum doula can really help you with the confidence part, giving you, you know, that extra push to do what it is that you believe is right based off 
whatever, you know, hopefully reliable information it is that you've gotten. Right. So I would like to ask you, I mean, because you can hear the passion in your (laughs) voice for this. You really can. I mean, it's just like it exudes from your voice. So (laughs) what I want to ask is, what do you get out of it? Like, what, what is the motivating factor behind Stephanie, the doula. <laughs> I'm the the short story is, is I'm I am a weirdo that just loves to see other people win. Um, <laughs> I spent I have spent the majority of my life feeling like a weirdo because that's who I am. <laughs> but you know, I I think on my Instagram, on my personal Instagram, I say I have something that says like I've been getting overly excited about your good news since the nineties. But that's how oh, I yeah. am. Like, if somebody <laughs> calls me and they tell me they got the job, I'm excited. Like, if it's going to change my income or something. Like, right. you know, when my friends would, when my friends um, were having their children, I would get so excited and like want to go over and you're like, how are you doing? What do you need? Do you need me to fold this? And like, when your friend is an attorney and she wants to come over and do your dishes, you're like, what the heck is wrong? Why does she want to do the dishes? It doesn't make any sense. But when your friend is a doula and she says, I'm coming over, leave the laundry out, go to sleep, I'll watch the bit. Like, that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I feel like being a postpartum doula directly aligns with who I am as a person. I just want to see you win. Um, I just want to see you proud of yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Before I was a lawyer, I was a teacher um, and I taught elementary school. And anyone who loves to teach and loves children will tell you that the aha look, the, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I did it, just makes my heart, it it fills my heart with so much joy to let people know that they can have help and still be wonderful, right? You can still be a great parent um, while you're learning with help. Your value as a human being doesn't go down at all because you needed help to do something or you Mm -hmm. didn't know how to do something in the first place. Um, I think we can get down on ourselves for not being perfect the first time out at every single thing that we try, Um, especially with parenthood, because these, I mean, these are our kids, like our hearts walking (laughs) around outside our bodies. We definitely want to get, we want to get this right, but it's important to me that people know that there's help. Um, there's lots of different types of help. Um, and I wish people would ask for it more often than than suffering, right? What what I was right. starting to say was that, um, you know, there's a lot in the media about the suffering mom and how hard it is to be a parent and this is terrible and won't anybody help me and there is no help. Well, there is help. You have to You have to ask for it. And when people are not asking for it, the village around them needs to be more forthcoming about saying, hey, let me take your older two so you could nap. Or, Mm -hmm. hey, why don't I drop off a gift card so you guys can have dinner? Um, Being proactive with help on the one end and then being open to receiving it on the other because it doesn't diminish who you are as a person to give or receive it. That's good. (laughs) That's really good. Ask for what you need. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ask for what you need. Ask for what you want. That's what we tell our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ask for what you want, even if you think the answer will be no. Ask for what you want. Right. Right. 
Okay, so what, in, in your opinion, what are two to three misconceptions that you have encountered about being a postpartum doula? Hmm. Misconceptions about my work? Yes. Um, I think the scope of support that postpartum doulas um, provide can be um, misconstrued because it kind of sounds like when I describe it, it kind of sounds like I'm a cleaning service nanny mom friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, you know, um, you know, parenting friend. Uh, Uh But it's not, you know, and, and some people will think like, oh, you're a postpartum doula, you know, you can diagnose this, that, you know, that, no, there's no, there's no diagnosis. <laughs> there's no medical opinions being given. Um, the opinions I give are opinions from experts. So the scope is actually pretty narrow. Um, doulas are, uh, postpartum doulas are not doctors. Um, they don't dispense medical advice. Um, postpartum doulas are not in and of themselves lactation consultants, although we can provide certain types of support for people who are breastfeeding um, or chest feeding. Um, but we're not lactation consultants by trade. That is a separate, that's a separate training, that's a separate certification. Um, often that's a different set of skills you have to learn in order to become a lactation consultant or a certified breastfeeding specialist. There's a lot of different words and terms for it, but it's not all in one. Um, Postpartum doulas aren't babysitters. Um, I've had some people reach out to me for support and, you know, at the end of the day, they kind of, you know, just need me to watch the baby and their two older kids. And I said, you know, you know, budget wise, price wise, like you'd be paying me for my expertise and you wouldn't be using like 90% of it. So it may be better for you to find somebody else who's more aligned with what it is you want. Um, Because essentially you're paying me hourly for my experience with supporting people with, um, you know, pumping or positions for breastfeeding or, um, you know, um, giving them my, you know, spiel on what safe sleep is or how it is to swaddle. Like you, they wouldn't be using that. So that's a nanny doesn't do that. Um, postpartum doulas aren't night nurses, though. Some of us, including myself, do work overnight. But that term nurse is not something I would attribute to postpartum doulas. So I think people get tripped up by the scope of what okay. postpartum doulas do. Um I think also people think postpartum doulas are only for rich people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I actually think, you know, notwithstanding the fact that my family could not afford a postpartum doula when we were having children, um, I think it's a worthwhile pursuit that it's something every family can save for, can plan Mm -hmm. for. Um, A number of people having children for the first time have um baby showers and you know gender reveal parties and i see nothing wrong with everybody chipping in five dollars so that the couple or the parents or the parent can have a postpartum doula for a couple hours a week even if it's just one week um there are ways to 
to get a doula, to get support, a birth doula and a postpartum doula um, with your insurance. Some doulas take insurance. Um, There are a lot of ways to be creative to pay for it if it's the type of support that you are interested in and focused on. So it's not just that um, postpartum doulas are for rich people. Um, They are for everybody. It's just a matter of working out the budget, whether you have to crunch the numbers or the money is just coming freely. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Um, What is the length of time that a postpartum doula could be with a family? Like, is there a time frame? It's like, oh, I can be with the family up to a year or is it just a few months or does it vary? I mean, what... What is the length of time that a postpartum doula could be with a family? I think it varies depending on the doula. Um, I usually cap my time with families at about 14 weeks. Um, As far as um, a lot of the pregnant people I've worked with have had outside employment, like they worked for somebody else. They did not, you know, work at making the home. So they had a maternity leave that ended on a date certain. So they would keep me until a certain day. And then, you know, baby or babies would start daycare and then they would go back to work. I found that that time frame was usually somewhere around 10 or 14 weeks. So I will stay with someone for up to 14 weeks. I know um, postpartum doula companies that stay with people up to five, six months um, because that's how long they want the contract to be for and that's how long they need to support for. Um, I'm sure there are postpartum doulas that will be with people for up to a year. Um, it really is just a matter of, I think, what that doula's preference is and also what her schedule will allow. Okay. All right. So I would like to ask you as far as honeybee postpartum, mm-hmm. what objectives what goals are you working towards in the next three to five years? How do you see yourself growing in the next three to five years? What do you want to be? I would love to add a breastfeeding certification to um, and add breastfeeding support as a lactation consultant to the services that Honeybee Postpartum Support offers. Um, actually got into this work um, because I wanted to be a lactation consultant. Um, I breastfed all my children. Um, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed breastfeeding. I did not enjoy pumping. Um, (laughs) I learned a lot during that nurse-a-thon that I told you about, about Mm -hmm. the disparities in health among, um, young black children, um, young children of color, and how a number of, um, I hope I don't fumble it, but a number of um, medical treatises like the American Academy of Pediatrics, I think, um, attributes a lot of the difficulties in nourishing certain communities with the fact that those communities don't initiate breastfeeding at the same rates as their white counterparts. So it occurred to me that it was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, black women breastfeed. I, I breastfed. I know, you know, black pregnant people and you know, nursing people who have breastfed or chestfed their children. Like, why is this such a novelty? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons for that. But I went into this work thinking, like, well, representation matters, right? And right. if there's not 
a lactation consultant who looks like you, who maybe grew up eating the food that you ate or, you know, who had the same experiences as you growing up, you may not feel as comfortable opening up um, or being vulnerable with them. Right. Mm -hmm. So if there's more black lactation consultants, that's a great thing for our community. Right. So great. I'll go ahead and be a lactation consultant. And then I looked at how long. (laughs) (laughs) And as I say, the law career ended. Mm-hmm. Right. And the mortgage company was all, could we please have our money? Right, right. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, what can I do now while I pursue this breastfeeding certification as a long term goal? So, um, being a postpartum doula has always been in my heart, also. So, I did that first and okay. started Honeybee Postpartum Support with the goal of providing postpartum doula support. Thank you for listening to Stephanie Coleman as she explains how and why she became a postpartum doula. Stay tuned to the next episode when we're talking about why she feels that more black and brown families do not take on these services. Again, you're listening to Making Waves.